Business 1440 KYCR Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. Stream on the go with the free Business 1440 mobile app. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Wildfires continue to be the worst in California history. More than 30 people have been killed. And last night, officials talked about this body camera footage showing a sheriff's deputy braving the flames to rescue one disabled woman. Sonoma County Sheriff Rob Giordano warning residents, please stay away from the danger. We really want to impress upon people, please stay out of the evac zones. Stay out of the burned areas. It's still extremely dangerous. The wildfires claimed the life of a 14-year-old boy and left his parents and older sister hospitalized this week with severe born, uh, burns, I should say, as the family tried to escape down a mountain from their remote Redwood Valley home north of San Francisco. That happened early on Monday. Millions of Social Security recipients and other retirees set to get a 2% increase in benefits next year. That is the largest increase since... 2012. It comes to only $25 a month, though, for the average recipient. This is SRN News. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-721-4880. That's 800-721-4880. 800-721-4880. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. Do you know the top three promotional items for driving new customers? We do. Do you know how to make your logo come alive and magnetically attract new long-lasting customers? We do. And do you know how to ensure your logo is delivered on the right promotional items on time at a great price? We do. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Who are we? We're 4imprint, the nation's leading team to make your logo shine on your choice of thousands of promotional items. And right now, we want to share with you, for free, the top three promotional items for driving new customers. Discover them now by texting BAG11 to 88988. Let us show you what a difference the right promotional items can make to help grow your brand. With 4imprint, you'll get high-quality products, exclusive items, popular brands, on-time delivery, and outstanding customer service. That's what we do. Discover the top three promotional items for driving new customers by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's B-A-G-1-1 to 88988. Turn all the lights on. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. You obviously have a wonderful economy with words. I look forward to your next syllable with great eagerness. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. We had uh, pretty big news this week. I mean, there was all kinds of news this week. And you, you wouldn't be blamed for kind of missing this part of the story unless you spend a lot of time reading uh, environmental blogs that I think just um, pretty much melted down over the fact that a revision of the 
clean power plan has been proposed by the EPA. And whenever we have things environmental to discuss here on the King Banyan Show, there's no better place for us to turn to than Terry Jarrett, who is uh, an energy attorney and has been a member of the Minnesota Public Service Commission. Uh, Terry wrote a piece uh, this week that basically said that says it's wise for us to repeal the uh, Trump uh, repeal the Obama Clean Power Plan. Uh, first of all, good morning, Terry, and welcome back to the show. King, thank you. It's good to be back on your show and always enjoy talking with you. Yep, and and you as well, sir. Um, So this sounds ominous. It sounds like, you know, all of a sudden everyone's going to be able to just billow smoke into the air like it's no tomorrow. Uh, So, I mean, why are people why are people kind of freaked out about this? Well, yeah, it, certainly it seems that the uh, reaction to to this is overblown. Uh, first of all, uh, President Trump in the campaign uh, promised that he was going to uh, dismantle Obama's war on coal and uh, do exactly this, uh, repeal the clean power plan. So uh, they act really shocked that he actually followed through on his promise. But, yeah, the idea that uh, things are going to be rolled back to turn-of-the-century times when we had these big, dirty coal plants just spewing out pollution is, is, is just false. You know, the, the modern coal plants today uh, are very, very clean. They have environmental controls and scrubbers that scrub out virtually, uh, certainly more than 90% of the pollutants. Uh, and so when you drive by a modern coal plant today, you don't see the big smoke bellowing out of the smokestack that you might have, say, 50 years ago. But I can hear my friends in the environmental movement saying, Terry, the only reason that's true is because government makes them take that soot out of the, uh, out of the exhaust. Well, certainly there are government regulations played a part of that. But I think, you know, uh, companies like utilities, they're, they're like other businesses. Uh, they have to uh, answer to their customers and their shareholders. And so, you know, you're, you've, you've seen moves toward uh, doing a lot of things to make everything cleaner. Now, uh, you know, that's cars. Uh, anything that burns fossil fuels today is much cleaner uh, and less polluting than it was in the past. So when the Clean Power Plan was proposed, Harry Jarrett, I mean, it was done to great fanfare, and it was going to do all these things. Would you please tell our listeners on the show basically what was the promise and what would the Clean Power Plan have done if uh, the EPA hadn't decided now to try to withdraw it? Right. Well, this uh, Clean Power Plan was the centerpiece of the Obama climate change agenda. Uh, It was meant to curb uh, carbon emissions from coal-fired power plants. And uh, if fully implemented, it was supposed to cut carbon emissions 32 percent by 2030. Uh, And and basically what this would have done would have been to shutter about 40 percent of the current coal fleet. And so uh, it would have made a, a major dent in electric generation in our country. And what would have happened then to the cost of uh, a family heating their home if, or, or lighting their home if, uh, if right. we removed all that coal? 
Right. Certainly, when you remove that much coal, coal is very affordable and reliable and, and generates right now about 30% of our uh, electricity in the United States. It would have, it would have uh, first of all, increased prices for consumers and for businesses and, and factories and so forth, uh, but also would have made uh, our grid, electric grid, less reliable. Uh, because when you take that baseload generation out that's very, very reliable and can run 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and replace it with uh, with the preferred replacement uh, by the environmentalists, which is our renewables, wind and solar power, uh, that's intermittent forms of energy. It has, it has to have some sort of baseload generation to support it when the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine. And if you take the coal away, uh, you're going to be relying on uh, natural gas, which is a good fuel. Uh, but if you rely on it more and more, the prices of natural gas fluctuate uh, or can fluctuate anyway, and uh, more demand drives up prices. So you're looking at higher prices and less reliable electricity. Now, now, Terry, uh, one of the things that, that I read uh, frequently is the increase in use of natural gas and that coal is actually, in some sense, being replaced. It's becoming the it's – not, it's no longer the preferred way of providing baseload, you know, always on 24-7 electricity that's being replaced by natural gas. Is it, is it possible that natural gas is going to take over from coal and be what uh, baseload generation is? Well, there's no doubt that, that the fracking revolution has uh, really uh, made natural gas much more attractive to generating electricity. And you're, you've, we've seen over the past several years a big increase in using natural gas to generate electricity. That's very true. Uh, market forces have had a, a big impact on that. Uh, but it's also true that these heavy-handed regulations uh, from the federal government that have singled out the coal industry have also played a part as well. Uh, it's like any other type of uh, commodity uh, when you, uh, you know, the prices fluctuate from supply and demand. And, and when you apply these, uh, these uh, regulations onto coal plants and, and make their operating costs go up, they start to become uncompetitive with other forms of energy generation. So uh, it's sort of a double whammy. The, the market forces plus the, uh, the regulations have really uh, dampened uh, coal's, uh, you know, coal's chances here. Right, but, right. That's true. Uh, we're visiting with uh, Terry Jarrett, an energy consultant, attorney, and former member of the M- Missouri Public Service. Uh, Commission here on the King Bang Show on Business 1440. Terry, certainly, certainly regulation has driven up the price of coal, but the fracking, as you note, right, the fracking revolution has, the uh, regulation has driven up the price of coal. Revolution, the energy revolution, fracking revolution has driven down natural gas. If we didn't do anything, would natural gas eventually just take over anyway? Uh, well, Yes, I mean there, it, it could definitely become uh, more and more dominant in the energy industry. Uh, there are some limitations with gas uh, because of the pipelines. Uh, you have to have the infrastructure, obviously, to get the gas uh, to to new plants and so forth. Mm-hmm. 
and that can be a problem. Uh, building that, uh, obviously, the cost of that infrastructure, and and uh, you know, getting the uh, getting the land and so forth to to put the pipes in and all that kind of thing. And another issue with gas is that it, gas doesn't have any storage, you know, at its uh, source. When they're burning the gas, it comes directly off to the pipeline. And if there were some, you know, we saw during the hurricanes down in Texas and, and in Louisiana, it, that disrupts the pipelines when you have that much damage uh, from those major storms. And uh, uh, these these gas plants can't get the gas to generate electricity. Whereas coal, one of the advantages to coal when it comes to that kind of reliability is coal plants normally will have up to 60 or 70 days of coal supply right there on site. So if there's some sort of disruption in the supply chain, you know, uh, coal, coal plants are supplied by railroad. If, if the railroad can't get the coal there, the coal plant can continue to run for 60 to 70 days because they've got the supply there on site. So the short of it is, uh, Terry, then, that, that even in a world where, let's say, the price of a BTU from gas was one-tenth of price of a BTU from coal, we'd probably still have some coal around just to sit as a backup because we don't have another way to provide uh, backup base load energy gener- uh, generation. Exactly right. That's a great point, King. And and another reason why is because uh, the the price of gas is going to fluctuate uh, during the year. For example, in the winter time, when we have a very very extended cold snaps, uh, and people use natural gas to heat their homes, uh, gas can sometimes get in very short supply, and the price uh, of gas will spike during those extreme mm-hmm. cold events. And that's when you see coal plants really step up to the fore and run 24 hours a day, seven days a week at full capacity to supply uh, the needed uh, electricity. Yeah, although I would expect that uh, futures and options markets could handle some of that fluctuation for the energy uh, generators, right? Right, absolutely. And the the markets do a pretty good job of of doing that. But, you know, uh, we had that polar vortex back in the Northeast uh, in in 2014, and that was really an extended cold snap, very cold. And they really had some problems there with with the gas prices spiking, uh, and uh, they came dangerously close to having some blackouts uh, in a couple of of, uh, times there because Uh. they simply didn't have enough gas. Super good points. Uh, We're visiting with Terry Jarrett, an energy attorney and consultant, uh, former member of the Missouri Public Service Commission, uh, uh, and you're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. We'll be right back. Let it be. Message and data rates may apply. Sick of hair loss, thinning hair, bald spots? Ever thought about hair restoration? It's a life-changing decision. Thankfully, the first step is incredibly easy and absolutely free because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, is giving everyone who texts SAVE11 to 85850 an absolutely free information kit that reveals just how easy and affordable their permanent solution to hair loss really is. You'll see for free just how great your hair could look. Plus, when you text SAVE11 to 85850, we'll also give you a gift card for $250 off. Join the millions 
of men and women who have come to Bosley, the world's most experienced hair restoration expert, for their permanent solution to hair loss. If you've ever thought about getting your hair back, don't miss this incredible offer. We're giving away an invaluable information kit absolutely free, plus a free $250 gift card to everyone who texts SAVE11 to 85850. That's S-A-V-E-1-1 to 85850. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too. Even threaten your home or business. And it's about to get worse. The IRS just hired an army of new tax enforcers. So, if you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. Optima has access to a special IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands, even tens of thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop that army of new enforcers from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a half billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. Call now for your free consultation. Call 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. People say there are billions of dollars lost in a market crash. The truth is, they're not lost, they just exchange hands. And the good news is, by gaining the right kind of knowledge, you can learn to recognize the opportunities that exist and, more importantly, act on them. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder of Tradeway. Along with being an investment advisor, Tradeway offers our students a powerful education so that they can take their investments in their own hands. We break down the confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We keep it simple, fun, and personal. Come join us at our next two-day event called Step 1, Start Your Journey. You'll learn to take small steps to reach your biggest goals. Coming to the Minneapolis Marriott West, December 1st and 2nd. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Welcome back to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. We're so glad you could join us this morning. We're visiting with uh, one of my favorite go-to people when it comes to talking about environmental issues. This is, um, this is of course, Terry Jarrett, um, uh, an energy consultant and uh, formerly worked in the regulatory business in the state of Missouri. Um, uh, uh, Terry, one of the things that... Uh, one of the things that's concerned many people hearing about the the proposal from the EPA is it just the way the newspaper portrays it is we're going to repeal the clean power plan which which as i said in the previous segment kind of kind of half jokingly means that we're going to the dirty power plan that 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 it certainly isn't the case but what should we expect might come down from the EPA after this well, I think certainly, you know, one of the things that uh, that has been talked about is that, that there should be some sort of incentives uh, rather than this heavy-handed regulation to try to tackle the carbon issues or the environmental issues is to have incentives, say, on research and development that would develop new technologies that would help with the environment or some other 
market mechanisms that might uh, address some of these issues with coal and other things. You know, for example, uh, the Department of Energy Secretary Perry has put forth uh, an idea to uh, go to uh, cost recovery for these merchant generating coal plants uh, to help value the fact that they do have uh, the reliability and the resiliency values. Uh, Terry, hang on just a second. Types. Oh, just a second, Terry. Just to explain to me for a minute what a merchant power plant is. Is that the term you just used? I, it caught oh, me I'm completely sorry, by yes. surprise. Yes, I'm sorry. A merchant generator, they're independent power producers. Uh, you see these in retail choice states. Uh, they they are not owned by a utility per se. They're just they're independent power producers. Okay. Uh, and and they they operate strictly on on the markets, what the market prices are, and so forth. Where you know uh, vertically integrated companies where that are traditionally regulated will own their own generation and they generate power for their own customers. Terry, this is a complete detour from what I thought I talked to you about, but I need to ask you one question okay. about this. In Missouri, these merchant generators, can they just sell to anybody, or do they have to sell to the regulated utility that has the transmission line? Uh, no, the, the, the independent power producers will sell to anybody. Okay, and, that's not uh, that's not true in Minnesota, by the way. That's which which right. which is why which is why my eyebrow went up when you when you said that. I, yeah, I think it makes a big I, I, difference. I yeah, I was segueing into the uh, the Department of Energy's uh, sure. order to the FERC to to make market changes so that, that those plants are valued. Um, right. I'm sorry. No, keep going. No, keep, so keep going. What are, what else? What else okay. could we expect EPA to do? Well, you know, certainly there's other market changes. I think I think one of the things that's, uh, that's been talked about for a long time are the are the carbon tax uh, issues. Okay, so let's let's. Well, well I, I'll tell you what. I, as an economist, I often uh, have my my friends. In fact, I was reading. I pulled when I was reading your piece. I was reminded of something I'd read last spring. And indeed, I've got it in front of me. It was in the New York Times, of all places, title, which you wouldn't be surprised to find something on the climate in the New York Times. But its title was A Conservative Case for Climate Change. Two of the authors of this piece, Martin Feldstein and Greg Mankiw, had been heads of the Council of Economic Advisors for two different Republican presidents, uh, one for uh, Bush 43 and the other, in fact, for Reagan. Um, and, And they make the case for... They make the case for a carbon tax where the money from the carbon tax would then be completely rebated back back to the public as sort of uh, like like you would give uh, a, an exemption on someone's income tax. Um, Terry, I mean, what are the what's the problem with maybe just putting in putting in a carbon tax, giving the money back to the people, and let's just get rid of these regulations? Right. And, and certainly from the standpoint of uh, getting rid of the regulations, I think certainly that is a positive uh, it, because we're creating uh, mechanisms and incentives uh, rather than penalties, which are always, I think, better uh, in these types of situations. Uh, I, from my standpoint, I, I don't have any real issues 
with with a carbon tax concept. Uh, obviously, the devil is going to be in the details and how this is structured and so forth. Uh, you know, one of the things I would be concerned about when you come to uh, talk about a carbon tax, uh, we don't want it certainly to be a regressive type of tax. Uh, you know, right now, uh, the low-income folks play a, pay a higher uh, proportion of their budget uh, to electric, electricity and utility bills than do others, and so we would want to structure it where, where they're not uh, disadvantaged. But I, I, think, I think that would uh, the carbon taxes would act more like an incentive and a market me- mechanism rather than a penalty and heavy-handed regulation. Right. I agree with that. And and it would seem to me that if you use the price, I mean, what we talked about in the previous sec- segment, Terry, Jarrett, was was basically how the price mechanism was working in favor of natural gas now with the fracking revolution. But the point that we raised in this was that, that you can't completely replace coal because sometimes you get these shortages in gas or if you have like a nasty cold snap or, or something, or there's some disruption like what happened with Hurricane Harvey in Houston, that won't work. Um, I, I guess what I'm asking is is what's the level of your of your faith in the price system to really solve this carbon problem if if in fact we could put in a carbon tax let's say at forty dollars a ton that's what uh... that's what uh... uh... uh feldstein and mancu uh... propose and and then and then slowly ratchet it up to the level where you're getting the emissions you have what what's your level of confidence in it that that's going to work if in return for that we just kill the regulations entirely that that apply to uh, that apply to the coal industry, right? Well, you know, uh, it really, it's it's good luck getting anything done in the current uh, political climate in Washington. Oh, it yeah. appears, and so yeah, I mean, I, I'm not very optimistic that that we could make these types of changes. You know, uh, the carbon tax has been debated uh, before. Uh, and that's why we kind of got into this situation with these uh, overburdensome regulations is because Congress couldn't pass some sort of carbon tax or other mechanism uh, in the first place. So, uh, you know, hopefully uh, with this new administration, maybe we can see some movement to getting uh, a, a comprehensive and reasonable energy policy in our country. Yeah, and, and here was the little sweetener in the Feldstein Mancu, and I should cite the third author, Ted Halstead, uh, from the Climate Leadership Council, um, that, that, also, that also was an author on this piece. The catch was also, if you export goods where you had to pay the carbon tax, you would get 100% rebate, and any goods that came into the country that didn't face a carbon tax would get taxed the equivalent of, the, of what the carbon tax would have been had that good been produced here. It's basically the border-adjusted adjustment tax, which has died a, a, a nasty death in Congress already, uh, brought into the energy field. And I, I just thought that, I just thought that was, was slightly brilliant because that would actually be appealing, I think, to President Trump. Right. You know, and, and there's lots of ideas like this that, that I think we need to consider, we need to talk about, uh, we need to debate. And uh, I'm hoping that under this administration, as I said, that uh, the, the they're interested in in our economy. We want to grow our economy. We want jobs. 
and we need to have policies on energy to facilitate that. Right, and 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 I do think uh, that you know, if I, as you think about, it, if you give back, basically, let's suppose it's five hundred dollars a person, regardless of whether you make ten thousand dollars a year or ten million dollars a year, I do think you'll you'll find uh, that the uh, that the bottom half of the income distribution would actually benefit from something like that. So I actually I actually always thought this was a pretty good plan. I do think I do think it goes nowhere, but but on the other hand, Terry, and we only have a couple minutes left, I just wanted to wanted to get your your view on this. People want a clean environment, right? They 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 want what what the clean power plan was selling, even though it was the wrong way to sell it, it was going to be ineffective and so on. But we do have to offer something, don't we? Right, absolutely. I agree completely. People do want clean energy, uh, and you're seeing that with uh, with more and more renewables being uh, being put online. Uh, and so, you know that that is the reality, and that's what we're moving toward, and and that's a good thing. Uh, but I think one of the things I hope can happen, uh, even in this climate in Washington, is that that everything is that, that we're doing is reasonable and well thought out, and we don't run willy nilly toward one uh, one thing to the detriment of others. We need we need all of these. We need this all of the above strategy when it comes to uh, energy generation in our country. And as we move to to sort of a, a new things, uh, we do it in a phased-in manner. We do it in a reasonable manner, manner uh, so that we don't uh, we don't upset the apple cart, so to speak. Yep, and Terry, that's I think that's a good that's a good place for us to end. Terry, as always, I enjoy these conversations. I know this is going to be an issue for the next year or two uh, as we figure out what the uh, Trump administration does after this repeal, uh, and we'll be visiting with you again sometime soon. We'll be back after this. You are listening to the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty. If you say you love me too I may not have a lot to give But what I've got I'll give to you For I don't care too much for money If you're a sleep apnea sufferer who's on the go, go to your phone and call right now to try the world's first portable mini CPAP device absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP, an engineering marvel that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. Its unique design is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. No more dragging around a big, bulky CPAP. Even better, now you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights by calling miniCPAP.com, 1-800-915-2344. Transcend is FAA compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. You can also add a battery pack that's as tiny as a deck of cards. So now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't wait. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call minicpap.com now. 1-800-915-2344. That's 1-800-915-2344. Message and data rates may apply. 
Oh my gosh, that's Frank Thomas. No. Yes, that's him. Go ahead. Excuse me, are you Frank Thomas? Yes, I am. I bet you get recognized a lot. I was a pretty good ball player. You were? Some people thought so. Sorry, we recognize you from those Nugenics commercials. Oh yeah? That's great. So does Nugenics really work? Oh yeah, I really can feel the difference. My workouts are better and I feel a lot more energetic. I wish my husband would use Nugenics. It's so easy to get started. All you have to do is send one simple text. Text the word PRIME22 to 321-321 for a complimentary bottle of award-winning Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Its unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help a man feel stronger, leaner, more energetic, and more passionate. And you're going to like the difference, too. Text PRIME22 to 321-321 for a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. Samples are not available in stores. Text PRIME22 to 321-321. Message and data rates may apply. Sick of hair loss? Thinning hair? Bald spots? Ever thought about hair restoration? It's a life-changing decision. Thankfully, the first step is incredibly easy and absolutely free because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, is giving everyone who texts SAVE11 to 85850 an absolutely free information kit that reveals just how easy and affordable their permanent solution to hair loss really is. You'll see for free just how great your hair could look. Plus, when you text SAVE11 to 85850, we'll also give you a gift card for $250 off. Join the millions of men and women who have come to Bosley, the world's most experienced hair restoration expert, for their permanent solution to hair loss. If you've ever thought about getting your hair back, don't miss this incredible offer. We're giving away an invaluable information kit absolutely free, plus a free $250 gift card to everyone who texts SAVE11 to 85850. That's S-A-V-E-1-1 to 85850. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. This song puts a smile on my face. We tried to do this song. Only time I've ever tried to do a Beatles song with a band. <laughs> I'd like Failed to miserably. <laughs> I love the bass line in this song. It's one of my favorite well, McCartney bass lines. Well, and, and I was a bassist, right? So this is this is this was like going to be my showpiece, my masterpiece piece. <laughs> and the rest of the band just could not hit the changes. And we did it once on stage, and when we got off stage, I ripped up the set list. <laughs> we are never doing this song again. We cannot do it properly. We're not doing it again. Oh, funny. Yeah, it's not a song you want to hear butchered, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. It's too good. It's 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 sort of her- heretical Absolutely. to badly play the Beatles. Absolutely, I agree, one hundred percent. I mean, I I will walk out of a bar. <laughs> I will walk out of a bar that has a cover band that butchers the Beatles. Amen. Okay, all right. King Banyan Show, Business fourteen forty. I'm glad uh, Terry Jarrett wasn't around for that particular piece <laughs> of, of radio here. I would have asked him this, though. I'm just really interested. And thank you, Terry, for being with us again and being such a great guest. Uh, I, I, I've been reading this story. I'm actually going to have to rely on 
um, maybe my listeners to help with this list because I'm not sure I fully understand what happened here. But but you know sometimes sometimes radio therapy. I'm just trying to work out my my issues with you all. Um, and here's the here's the piece. This was from a, a piece that was in something called Utility Dive. And got posted through, I found it through Marginal Revolution, Tyler Cowen's blog. And it talks about PREPA, which is the Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority. And I'm just going to read you the three bullets of the brief. I'm not going to read the whole article, but I'm just going to read you three bullet points that are that are in this at the top. The Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority declined to ask for help from mainland electric utilities in the days after Hurricane Maria, instead turning to a small Montana-based contractor to carry out grid restoration practices. All right, there's a lot to unpack there. So declined to ask for help from mainland electric utilities and then says use a small Montana-based contractor. Well, I... Last I looked, Montana's on the mainland, um, so I'm not sure I fully grasp that. But apparently, there is, is as you might expect, sort of like a mutual aid uh, uh, arrangement among utilities. So that if one is overwhelmed by a, uh, by a natural disaster, fire, flood, hurricane, tornado, what have you, other utilities will rush in to try to bring bring help to them. Um, so Puerto Rico apparently didn't use, it's a member of this mutual aid group, and yet it didn't use the mutual aid to help restore power to, you know, where there's still 90% of the island pretty much that doesn't have power. You might think that's a mistake. Earlier this week, PREPA, that's the Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority, and I will just abbreviate it from here on, uh, PREPA CEO Ricardo Ramos told E&E News that his bankrupt utility did not reach out to the to municip- munis, municipal power agencies, on the continental U.S. because he was unsure it could pay them back for assistance. Okay. That's second bullet. Third bullet point. This is again from Utility Dive. Author is Gavin Bade or Body, published on, on October 10th. The American Public Power Association, the trade group for U.S. munis, confirmed that mutual assistance programs were not activated, but said PREPA had already contracted with Whitefish Energy by the time the trade group convened a conference call to coordinate aid, PREPA did not respond to requests for comment. So let's unpack that for, for a couple minutes and think about what that means. One, one, it went to some small utility company in Montana. Okay, now... I, I'm not a geographer, but I am pretty sure Montana does not have experience with hurricanes. I don't think there's any ocean nearby. It's an interesting choice to go to Montana 
Um, um, there's a Frank Zappa song playing in my head. Perhaps, perhaps uh, John would find it. Um, he, I'm pretty sure he knows which one I mean. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the, the, so, so I'm wondering. First of all, what? Why Montana? What? What? What got just to there? But did you catch the second bullet at the bay? Right. I'm going to read the second bullet one more time. Prepa CEO Ricardo Ramos told E&E News that his bankrupt utility did not reach out to munis on the Connell U.S. because he was unsure it could pay them back for assistance. So it's worth thinking about, and, and it was a reminder to me. I read a, another very good piece. Both of these, by the way, uh, posted at, uh, at, at the uh, Twitter feed at pound KBRS if you want to find them. Um, and, and this one is, was titled simply, it's by Brad Setzer, who's a very fine monetary economist, financial, financial economics guy, about, about Puerto Rico before Hurricane Maria. Um, and said basically the, the issue with Hurricane, the issue with Puerto Rico was that they're broke and they're not likely to recover from that. And for the big, the number one reason being, the the territory is so defunct that there's out migration happening on a massive scale already. So I've got a, I've got a look at uh, real GNP in the country, and then a look at population. Population, and if you look from two thousand five on, the number of people living on 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 the island of, of Puerto Rico fell by more than 10% between, between 2005 and 2016. The GDP, or GNP, of the country has fallen by 15% over that period. Now, hard to say which one, which one caused the other, but it's safe to say that the, the economic fortune, the ability of Puerto Rico to repay its bonds is a direct function of the number of people who are living on the island. And what happens is, is that as you think about the fiscal plan to repay that debt, well, you're not going to be able to repay the debt when more than 10% of the island has left. And I'm going to guess that the, that that 10% was not randomly selected. That that 10% that left is perhaps the 10% that was able to uh, help the GNP of this of this island to to thrive and flourish. And and so the country's received a few bailouts, and you can see what's happened when you have the level of fiscal mismanagement that has happened on Puerto Rico, it ends up causing them to try to find some shortcut, cheap way to restore electricity on the island. And it makes me, makes me question when I read how perhaps uh, the U.S. is not doing enough for Puerto Rico. Well, has, there's enough blame to go around on both sides, if you ask me. I don't think it's just on... I don't think it's just on Puerto Rico, to, uh, just on the U.S. government. I don't think it's just on Puerto Rico. There's enough there for both. 
We'll be back after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, a service of Salem Communications. Were you sold an annuity? You deserve a clear, honest, objective review of exactly what it is, and more importantly, what it isn't. Go to annuitydiscovery.com, and for a limited time, you can request an unbiased review of any annuity absolutely free. It's a $500 value, but for a limited time, this community service is complimentary. Request yours today at annuitydiscovery.com. It's imperative you know the truth. Since you won't get the real story from the sales agent or the insurance company, let Annuity Discovery be your advocate. Visit annuitydiscovery.com. What's in your annuity? I would steal pills from my friend's mom. We talk about all the common drugs, but never prescription medication. I was addicted to pills. Had I more knowledge, I would have done things differently. Hi, I'm Congressman Jason Lewis. Prescription drug abuse is an epidemic in our communities. Secure your medications and talk with your kids today. Visit drugfree.org to find out how together we can make a difference. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Am I impressed with the relief factor? You know I am. So many people are out of pain thanks to it. Well, Pete and Seth Talbot, the father-son owners of Relief Factor, have just told us that for the entire month of October, they're going to send $5 to Africa New Life every time they sell a three-week quick start for just $19.95. That's right, $5 of that $19.95 is going to help rescue and care for a child in Rwanda. For years now, Pete and Seth have been helping these kids, but now they're going to do even more with your help. A lot of people who order the three-week quick start program go on to order and renew month after month. And that happens because in most cases with Relief Factor, you really can lower or even eliminate your pain. If you're in pain, please help yourself by joining Pete and Seth to rescue and save more kids in need. Order the three-week quick start for $19.95 at relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. I'm Teresa Morrow, the Vice President of External Relations with the Minneapolis Foundation. You know, WNAV has done a lot of pretty significant sized events for us, and they do everything from sound and lights to the audio to videotaping to making sure that all the performers look and sound right. As an event person, you really sweat the details, and when I work with WNAV, I don't worry about that stuff. They always come through for me, whether it's an event for 1,500 people or it's an intimate event and all I need is a microphone and a sound system. They can do that full range for me. Probably the greatest thing about WNAV, not only are they early, they're usually there before I am. They scout it ahead of time. They're prepared for what your event is. And I know I can count on WNAV 100% of the time. And I do. Hi, I'm Mark, president of WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Online at WNAV-video.com. Because you can get electricity there. King Banyan Show. Business 1440. Good to be with you. Last segment of the show for today. Good to... Good talking about Puerto Rico. There are some funky things in, in understanding Puerto Rico. And this piece, and I will I will retweet it during the... Uh, uh, I will retweet it to you right after the show. Uh, today. 
just so you can go read it again. This is from the Council of Foreign Relations piece by Brad Setzer, who's a financial economist who's spent some time thinking about Puerto Rico. And and we have done a lot of things to try, try to you, – you want to understand what messed the place up. Well, here there are a couple things. First of all, their banks made loans. If you think about it, Brad puts it, if you think about what happened in Florida – and the and what happened in Florida with the properties uh, property collapse there in two thousand six two thousand seven that sort of was um, the precursor to the uh, Great Recession in two thousand seven two thousand eight. If you think about the worst states that it happened in, Puerto Rico's in there. Okay, Puerto Rico had had ma- had a major decline in in, in property values. And at the same time, its population was beginning to slip. Something that the that the that the housing collapse on the island just exacerbated. And so you're hung with all of this debt, all these pension obligations, uh, public pension obligations, and you don't have people there to pay for them. Now, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to tell them, "I'm sorry, you can't leave," or do you want to say? I'm sorry, but the pension obligations that were created while you lived on the island will follow you after you leave the island. Well, I mean, you you could conceivably do that, I guess, but um, it sets a really weird and I think quite rather dangerous precedent. But they've done more than this, okay? Um, they expired. Recently, there was an expiration of a tax break that they had received. Get this one. Section 936 of the tax code uh, gave gave basically a, 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 a tax break to treat Puerto Rico like it's a foreign country for the purposes of, of uh, operating a pharmaceutical company. So what would happen is you would locate in Puerto Rico still have U.S. laws. But the profits you earned in Puerto Rico, in your, in your Puerto Rico domiciled pharmaceutical company, and in your, in your Puerto Rican domiciled uh, uh, factory, were offshore and they could defer the tax on them. And if you, so if you look, you might have noticed in the previous segment, <coughs> I used... Um, I use the language of looking at port, of looking at Puerto Rico's GNP rather than GDP. That's because in the country, the difference between GNP and GDP, which for the United States is like two three percent, in Puerto Rico it is more than thirty percent. And the reason for that is you are you have you have companies that are headquartered in Puerto Rico in the pharmaceutical industry that are doing all of their production, all of their production in some other place, probably stateside. Okay. So, so as you look at the, at what, what's happened in this country, again, if you look at the cumulative decline of G, of GNP in that in Puerto Rico, falling by fifteen percent between two thousand six 
and 2016. Okay. A lot of the decline has been in construction. Um, there's been decline in, in, in machinery and equipment, but added to that, added to that has been a decline in, in government expenditures and personal consumption expenditures, which, which swelled in 2011, 2012, 2013, but have declined in the last two years. Okay, this country never really recovered from the Great Recession. I call it country. I could call it territory. It flattened. It didn't have a decline. It never. It, it but it didn't recover, and it has been in recession in a small, in a slow, steady recession since 2013. Then they get hit by a hurricane, and they and they have a terrible credit rating. They have. Uh, they're basically in a conservatorship. Uh, passed by Congress to make sure that they had a workout plan for paying for paying Puerto Rican debt, okay. and and so lack of population, lack of lack of income. As you look at as you look at that, as you look at that, it's no wonder that the bonds have gone to have gone to nearly nil over over the last three weeks. Would you really, you know, and so here's what I say at this point. The losses have happened. Okay, so here's a, here's a radical thought. The losses have happened. What would be the thing that would most help this country right now? Actually, funny enough, President Trump kind of stumbled over this, panicked everybody. But he might have stumbled over the actual, the actual truth here. The truth being, the truth being that those bonds are going to probably get, get marked down. They do not have the capacity to pay them back, and the, because they didn't have the capacity to pay them back, rather than rely on a mutual aid program that would have restored electricity to the comp- to, to the territory. I keep doing that, my goodness. Instead of, in, instead of having that electricity provided by all of these other power companies that they could, have, they could have used to rush in help, they went to one small company in Montana. Now, what do you want to bet are the terms of this deal? Because nobody knows. I mean, I haven't seen any reporting and so if you have, if you've read anything on this, would you just tweet it to me at just pound KBRS, tweet to me somehow how it is that Puerto Rico thinks it's going to pay whitefish energy or what kind of, what kind of arrangement has been made. There's no, people are without electricity. People are without access to, to cell towers to make phone calls. And a substantial reason for that, if I understand this piece right, I'm going to read you that sentence I read you in the previous segment. Earlier this week, PREPA CEO Ricardo Ramos told E&E News, uh, a trade publication in, in the electricity industry, that his bankrupt utility, his bankrupt utility, did not reach out to munis on the continental U.S. 
because he was unsure it could pay them back for assistance. Because that, all right, because he was unsure he could pay them back for assistance, there are people without energy in Puerto Rico right now. There are, there are, the, the dead are having to be stored in, in other places than in a morgue because there isn't an ele- enough electricity to run the morgue. They, it, it, it just boggles the mind, and you just have to think about, you, you know, you just have to think about how is it that they could, they could continue to, uh, how can they continue to live under all of this debt to me, there's only two answers. There's always been been one of two answers. One, make them a state. Okay, come to an agreement to make them a state. Then place them under the same the same sets of rules. No conservatorship would have been created for for any other state. If if you know if Connecticut, which has the same kinds of issues as Puerto Rico does. If Connecticut had had uh, had that, it would uh, had that issue. There wouldn't be a conservatorship in Connecticut. Puerto Rico, you can either be a state or you can go it on your own. And at this point, they can't go it on their own. Thank you so much for listening today. Really appreciate it, John. Thanks for all the Beetle bumpers. Uh, appreciate those as well. And we will talk to you next week on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Christian Faith Publishing helps thousands of authors just like you publish their books with a company dedicated to strong Christian values. To help you get started, we want to send you our free author submission kit. Christian Faith Publishing reviews every book submitted to us. And if your book is approved, we'll edit, design, copyright, protect, print, and distribute your book online and in bookstores everywhere. Imagine seeing your book in specialty Christian bookstores, Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, and many others. It could happen. And it all starts with one call to Christian Faith Publishing at 800 560 for your free author submission kit. If you have a novel, children's book, poetry, biography, or any inspirational work you've written, we can help you get it published today. Shouldn't you work with a publisher who shares your Christian values of integrity and honesty? You can get your book published. So call for your free author submission kit right now. Call 800-566-1012. That's 800-566-1012. 800-566-1012. Hi, Bam Ransom here, along with Johnny Dean and Rick the Professor Plum. We know how important financial planning and wealth education can be. So we're focusing the show on the investment strategy designed for the needs you have today and the goals you have for the future. Join us for Bucket Strategy Investing. Bucket Strategy Investing. Answering questions about your most important financial challenges your 401ks, IRAs, Social Security, and more. Join us every day for Bucket Strategy Investing. Tune in every weekday at noon on the new Business 1440. These days, people send their children to college to learn a trade that no one in the family has done before. They move away, they work for someone who doesn't love them, and then they trade their infinitely valuable time for a little bit of someone else's money. The old plan was to get a job but lay aside each month and later start a family business. As the owner, you leverage the time of others and earn off hundreds of man hours per day. It's called financial leverage. 
At Tradeway, we teach you to start a family business by trading stocks. The added benefit is that each generation teaches the next and builds on these skill sets, and your children have the competitive advantage of experience. That's a great plan for potentially creating generational wealth. Coming to the Minneapolis Marriott West, December 1st and 2nd. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Hey, good day. Hey, good day, Ozer. It's back to school, then winter will be upon us. Hey, get ready for all that cold with an Arctic hot tub or all-weather pool at Premier Pool and Spa. Yep, hot tub season is just gearing up. Check out the saltwater hot tubs and swim spas today. Is that like saltwater taffy? Oh, it's a little easier to swim in, though. Nothing better than swimming in the snow. Visit Premier Pool in Chanassin today at PremierPools.com. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously. PremierPools.com. 